Welcome to the Dhamma Podcast. The audio recording that follows was recorded during S.N. Goenka's tour of North America in 2002, known as the Meditation Now Tour. This podcast will be updated monthly, with additional archives from S.N. Goenka's talks and questions and answer sessions, as well as other speakers discussing aspects of Vipassana meditation as taught by S.N. Goenka. This podcast is sponsored by Pariyati, a nonprofit publisher that offers written, audio, and video content and whose mission is to enrich the world by disseminating the words of the Buddha, providing sustenance for the seeker's journey, and illuminating the meditator's path. For more information regarding Pariyati, please go to www.pariyati.org. That is www.pariyati.org. For more information on Vipassana meditation as taught by S. Goenka, including a schedule of courses offered throughout the world, please see www.dhamma.org. That is www.dhamma.org. Friends, we have all assembled here this evening to understand Vipassana and how does it help us in our day-to-day life and how it is relevant in today's world. Vipassana is an exercise, a mental exercise to purify the mind, to get rid of all the defilements, the negativities. And when the mind becomes free from negativities, all the defilements, a pure mind, by the law of nature, gets filled with love, compassion, goodwill, tolerance. These are the characteristic of a pure mind. When there is negativity in the mind, one who generates negativity is the first victim of negativity. One becomes very miserable. And not only that, one keeps on making others miserable. When you generate anger, you become so unhappy. Deep inside, misery arises. And then you don't keep this misery limited to yourself. You keep on throwing this misery on others. Anybody who comes in contact with you at that time, bound to become miserable because the entire atmosphere gets charged with the unwholesome vibration of negativity. How to come out of negativity? How to come out of all kinds of negative emotions? Sages and saints and seers of the past have advised us that whenever any negativity arises, divert your attention. Divert your attention to something else and you will come out of negativity. Good advice. It worked. It still works. But then, 
an enlightened person, Buddha. To me, he was a great super scientist of spirituality. He found out that escape is no solution. When negativity arises, anger, hatred, ill will, animosity, any negativity, don't try to divert your attention to something else. Observe it. Just observe it. Very difficult. To divert the attention to something else is easy. I become very angry and if I realize, look, I am harming myself, I am harming others, so let me divert my attention to some other work, get up and take a glass of water and drink, your mind is diverted. Or just start counting one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, your mind gets diverted. Or any word, say I am wearing this watch, keep on repeating watch, 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 the mind gets diverted. But very difficult. So, very wise saints, they advise us, any god or goddess, a deity, in whom you have got great faith, start reciting the name. Name of that god or goddess, that becomes easy, because you got great devotion towards this god or goddess. Just keep on reciting the name, reciting the name. It worked. It works even today. One feels that I'm out of negativity. Now there is no more negativity. But the negativity has gone away from the surface of the mind. Deep inside, it is pushed inside and deep inside. It keeps on boiling, keeps on boiling. One feels I am free from any defilement. My mind has become very pure. But when there is defilement at the depth of the mind, time and again, there is a volcanic eruption. And that defilement comes on the surface. And you are again the same person. It was a relief but not a stable relief, temporary relief. So this enlightened person said, escape is no solution. Accept the fact there is negativity in the mind. There is anger in the mind and start observing it. Just observe anger as anger, abstract anger. Not anger pertaining to this person or this situation or this incident, anger as anger and you will come out of your misery from the root level, deepest level. Yes, looks reasonable but very difficult. How to observe anger as anger? Anger has no shape, no form, no color. If I close my eye and try to feel anger, how can I? And moreover, when anger arises, so soon it overpowers that one cannot remember that I must now observe the anger. One starts shouting and yelling because the anger is overpowered. 
then what should be done? There must be somebody to remind me. I must have a private secretary with me who will remind me, look, master, there's anger. There's anger now. Better observe it. Private secretary will work one shift only. And anger may arise any time during 24 hours. There is no agreement with anger that you arise only when my secretary is there. It can arise any time. So, I must have separate private secretary for separate shifts. Not possible. All right, even if it is possible. Anger is a reason. And my private secretary says, Look, master, anger. Anger is a reason. Better observe it. I shout at her. You are going to teach? Anger. Anger is anger. You are not paid to teach me anything. I know how to observe. Yes, but how will you observe? Very difficult. So someone who gave a solution to observe the reality as it is also gave a solution how to observe. Reality is very difficult to observe abstract anger, abstract fear, abstract ego, anything abstract, very difficult. Even if you try to do that, I am observing anger, look, I am observing anger. Your mind keeps on rolling on the object of anger. The person against whom you are generating anger. The incident against whom you are generating anger. The situation against whom you are generating anger. That keeps on rolling in your mind. That stimulates your anger. You are not observing anger. So this enlightened person said, to me he was a great scientist, super scientist of spirituality. Very wrongly people started saying that he founded a religion. He never founded a religion. He only found out a way to understand where the misery is and how it arises and how it can be eradicated. A super scientist making a study within the framework of the body, understanding the interaction of mind and matter. It was so clear to him that whenever anger arises in the mind, at the physical level, two things start happening. One at a little gross level, the other little subtler level. The mind always keeps on influencing the body and the body keeps on influencing the mind. This is law of nature. What happens when anger arises? One will notice that the breath has lost its normality. It is no more normal. It becomes slightly hard, slightly fast. And when the anger has gone away, then again becomes normal. So the breath is strongly related to the mind, very strongly related to the mental impurities. Another reality became very clear that whenever any defilement arises in the mind, the whole chemistry of the body changes. And that starts manifesting itself as this sensation or that sensation. When anger arises, there is a very unpleasant sensation in the body. There is a flow of very unpleasant burning sensation throughout the body. The palpitation increases. Tension can build up. One becomes very miserable. 
It is difficult to observe anger as anger, but if one practices properly, one can develop the faculty to observe the breath, observe the sensations on the body. And by doing this, one is not running away from the reality. Because anger in the mind and these sensations and the abnormal breath are two sides of the same coin. You are with the truth. You are not running away from the truth. And you develop this technique of vipassana. Observe. First, one has to train one's mind to observe the breath. The breath as it is. Whenever one decides to learn this technique, technique of self-realization, technique of truth-realization, realization of the truth pertaining to oneself, by oneself, within oneself, at the experiential level. This is Vipassana. Whenever one wants to understand and practice this technique, one has to spare ten days of the life. Without that, it is not possible to go to that depth of the mind. If you want to purify the mind at the surface, there are many techniques which will help you to come out of the impurity at the surface level of the mind. But deep inside, the impurity keeps on, keeps on multiplying, multiplying, multiplying. So one has to work at the depth of the mind, at the root of the mind, where the impurity arises, starts multiplying, and becomes so strong that it overpowers you. So go at the root of the mind. So to go at the root of the mind, a part of the mind should be very sharp, very sharp, very subtle, very sensitive, to feel different types of sensations in the body. When there are very gross sensations, solidified, intensified, unpleasant sensations, like pain, pressure, heaviness, numbness, heat, perspiration, it is easy. A conscious mind easily feels them. But there are so many various types of sensations within the framework of the body. When we go deeper, 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 there are so many subtle sensations, different kinds of subtle sensations. One reaches a stage with the entire physical structure, entire mental structure is nothing but very subtle oscillation. Oscillation. How to feel that? And unless you have felt that, you can't feel all the sensations in the body. Therefore, a training is given to make the mind very sharp and very sensitive. So whenever one decides, one has to join a camp of ten days, and three days are needed to make the mind not only concentrated, but to make the mind very sharp, very sensitive, very subtle. One is asked to sit, sit comfortably, in any posture that suits you, not necessary this posture or that posture, not necessary a lotus posture or a half lotus posture. If one can sit conveniently, go ahead, nothing wrong. Otherwise, any posture that suits you, sit comfortably. Any posture that keeps you comfortable for longer periods at a stretch is a good posture for you. Keep your back and the neck straight because this will keep your mind very attentive. Keep your eyes gently closed 
because if you keep the eyes open then outside object will distract your mind and feeling reality within the framework of the body is a mental job mind feels eyes have got no function so keep the eyes gently closed keep the mouth gently closed and now see what reality manifests itself reality pertaining to yourself reality pertaining to the physical structure the mental structure the combination of the two what reality and you will notice the first reality the breath coming in the breath going out it is real no imagination is involved you are experiencing the breath coming in the breath going out start with that just start observing that means feeling just start feeling the breath coming in the breath going out the breath coming in the breath going out as it is another important step of this technique is you start with the truth and continue with the truth 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 nothing but truth you will reach the ultimate truth many saints in the country of india has proclaimed the same adi sach jugadi sach hai bhi sach nanaka ho si bhi sach you start with the truth nothing but truth and keep moving keep moving initially you will feel very gross truth then subtler truth subtler truth subtlest truth and then you transcend that also when you experience this subtlest truth pertaining to the mind pertaining to the body then you transcend it and you experience ultimate truth the entire field of mind and matter is the field of change arising passing arising passing ephemeral impermanent but when you reach that stage it is eternal it cannot be explained in words that has to be experienced the whole process as you keep on observing the truth observing the truth you keep on purifying your mind because you keep on changing the habit pattern of the mind <coughs> so very important very important factor of this technique is observe the truth as it is from moment to moment as it is the breath as it is don't try to control the breath don't try to regulate the breath don't make it a breathing exercise that is totally different technique pranayam it has got its own advantage but this technique does not want you to control the breath just observe the breath feel the breath as it is if it is deep you are aware it is deep if it is shallow you are aware it is shallow passing through left nostril left nostril right nostril right nostril never interfere with the natural flow of the breath your job is to observe just observe let the nature play its own role at different times different type of sense this breath will come you just observe you just observe you have to do nothing mere observation so easy like one sits at the bank of the river and observes the flow of the river one has to do nothing for the flow of the river it is natural natural flow of the river is there one is sitting at the bank and just observing it so easy so also your mind is here and observing the flow of the breath natural flow of the breath you have to do nothing so easy and yet so hard whenever you make a decision to join a camp of vipassana for 10 days 
first day very difficult day you will hardly observe a couple of breath and mind is gone somewhere and then you realize oh i was here to observe breath what i started doing again you come back to breath again in a few seconds mind has gone somewhere again you bring it back i have seen the first day not all students quite a few students get very frustrated very frustrated irritated agitated generate negativity towards oneself generate negativity towards one own mind what sort of mind i am carrying just to observe the flow of the breath you have to do nothing and this also you can't do what sort of mind the guide will say no don't generate negativity negativity is negativity whether you generate towards somebody else or towards yourself you are generating misery for you and you come here to come out of this misery come out of all sorts of defilements don't generate negativity accept the reality you were observing the breath mind wandered away and as soon as you realize mind has wandered away accept the reality oh at this moment my mind is away from the breath it is wandered away well the breath is still there i start again start again again mind wanders away and as soon as you realize accept the fact look it is wandered away again start don't generate negativity just accept the reality as it is as it is one keeps on working again and again the mind wanders one brings back mind wanders one brings back first day little difficult second day the mind starts calming down third day it calms down more not that total calm down but compared to the first day much better much better and while practicing the reality observing the breath on a small area at the entrance of the nostril one notices the breath is becoming subtler and subtler finer and finer shorter and shorter at times it becomes so thin like a thin thread and as it comes out so short as it comes out it makes a u turn as it comes out it makes a u turn it has become so fine so subtle mind is watching so the mind becomes also subtler and subtler to feel it so within 3 days mind becomes very subtle very sharp very sensitive as a result of this some subtler realities pertaining to yourself that means pertaining to your mind your body becomes clearer and clearer which you had never experienced before the entire physical structure constantly there is some biochemical reaction going on day and night some biochemical reaction some electromagnetic reaction which keeps on manifesting itself as this sensation or that sensation one starts feeling some sensation or the other in this part of the body because one was working on a small area on this part of the body one starts feeling some sensation maybe any sensation maybe heat maybe perspiration maybe throbbing pulsing vibrating tingling heaviness anything different things you can't choose sensations it's a choiceless observation let the nature play its own role you merely observe 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 and never make an effort to create a particular type of sensation it is effortless observation let nature 
let the nature play its own role whatever sensation comes up your job is to observe to observe fourth day you will find that you feel sensations throughout the body you start from the top of the head and move down surveying the entire body down to the tips of the toes everywhere some sensation or the other initially in some cases we find certain parts go blind there is no sensation sensation is there the mind is still not that, that sharp and sensitive to feel those sensations all right some parts are blind but you keep on repeating repeating patiently persistently very soon one reaches the stage where one feels different types of sensations throughout the body again initially the sensations are gross solidified intensified unpleasant like pain heaviness numbness etc but as you keep on observing the whole technique is just observe objectively don't identify yourself with the sensation no i no mind sensation is sensation just keep on observing without any kind of reaction keeping the mind fully equanimous keep observing keep observing if the mind becomes more and more equanimous then again the mind becomes sharper and sharper and this sharp and subtle mind due to this sharp and subtle mind all these gross sensations solidified sensation they automatically get divided dissected disintegrated dissolved one reaches the stage where there is no more solidity in entire body no imagination imagination is totally prohibited in this path no imagination that you really experience yourself that has to be accepted and one feels the entire physical structure mere vibration nothing but vibration nothing but vibration that super scientist understand 26 centuries back without the aid of any scientific instrument or apparatus by just his own insight by his own experience he realized that the entire body physical body there is no solidity it is made of very tiny atoms for which he used the word kalapa very tiny tiniest particle of the material structure he called kalapa and that is also not solid mere vibration vibration our scientists of this age about 150 years back they also said the same thing the entire material world there is no solidity mere wavelets wavelets and here somebody 26 centuries back he realized the entire physical structure mere wavelets 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 entire universe he could realize wavelets 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 one this is the stage then what happens mind also initially it is very much solidified a emotion comes very solidified emotion like passion like fear like anger one keeps on observing 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 it gets divided dissected disintegrated dissolved mere vibration mere vibration so the entire physical structure the entire mental structure nothing but wavelets wavelets vibration vibration then further realities become clearer and clearer the law of nature becomes clearer and clearer at the experiential level 
He kept on saying, don't believe because I said so. Don't believe because somebody else has said so. With your own experience, understand what the truth is and then only accept it. Otherwise not. One experiences the entire structure, mere wavelet, wavelet. These six sense doors, the eyes, the ears, the nose, the tongue, the body, the mind. These sense doors, the entire world is world for us because it comes in contact with these six sense doors. Otherwise the world does not exist for us. Somebody deaf from the birth, for this person there is no world of sound. One cannot understand what sound is. Somebody blind from the birth, cannot understand what is shape or form or color or light. So the world is world when it comes in contact with these sense doors, one or the other. Now what happens? One reaches a stage where the entire structure is mere wavelets, wavelets. One takes attention to the eyes, wavelets, wavelets. Ear, wavelets, wavelets. Nose, wavelets, wavelets. Tongue, wavelets, wavelets. Body, wavelets, wavelets. Mind, wavelets, wavelets. Anything that is coming in contact, a shape or a form or a color or light coming in contact with the eyes, a sound coming in contact with the ear, a smell coming in contact with the nose, a taste coming in contact with the tongue, something tangible coming in contact with the body, a thought or an emotion coming in contact with the mind, it becomes so clear. That is also mere vibration, mere vibration. Say a sound has come in contact with the ear, a vibration has come in contact with the vibration. There is a neutral type of vibration, new vibration starts in the whole body. Like you strike a gong, you strike a gong only particular part but the whole gong starts vibrating. So a sound has come in contact with the ear, entire body, there is a particular type of sensation, particular type of vibration. One part of the mind raises its head, its job is to cognize and it says, look, there is something, something happening at the ear sense door. Similarly, something happening at the eye sense door or nose sense door or tongue sense door or body sense door or mind sense door, something is happening. This is the job of one part of the mind, it cognizes. And as soon as the contact is there, there's a vibration. And when that happens, another part of the mind raises its head. What sound? What has come in contact with the ear? A sound, what sound? With all the experience of the past, with all the memory of the past, this part of the mind recognizes First part, cognizing only. Second part, recognizes. What sound? Oh, these are words. What words? Words of insult or words of praise. And as soon as this part of the mind is recognized, it also gives valuation. Words of abuse, words of insult, very bad. Words of praise, ah, wonderful. As soon as this valuation is given, by the second part of the mind, one notices, a good Vipassana meditator notices that the flow of vibration which was very neutral starts changing. The moment you say the words are words of insult, very bad, the flow of vibration becomes very unpleasant, very unpleasant flow of vibration. The words are praise, ah, very good, and the vibration changes, very pleasant a flow of very pleasant vibration. This is the third part of the mind which feels 
the vibrations pleasant, unpleasant or neutral. Immediately the fourth part of the mind starts working. Abuse, insult, very unpleasant sensation. And it reacts. I don't like it. Aversion, hatred, aversion, hatred. Words, words of praise, pleasant sensation. Ah, wonderful, I like it. Craving, clinging, craving, clinging. One understands, throughout these six sense doors, the objects keep on coming, keep on coming in contact, and because of the different sensations, and because of the valuation that one part of the mind gives, it becomes pleasant or unpleasant, and because of that, one keeps on reacting with craving or clinging, craving or clinging, or aversion or hatred, aversion or hatred. This has become the habit pattern of the mind. And one understands, when one has gone to that depth, one understands that every time I generate craving, I lose the balance of my mind. I lose the peace of my mind. I lose the happiness of my mind. So also, every time I generate aversion, I lose the balance of my mind. I lose the peace of my mind. I start harming myself. That becomes clearer and clearer. Not because your teacher says so. Not because a certain book says so. Not because Buddha said so. You are now experiencing it. Every time I generate any defilement in my mind, I become miserable. I am the first victim of my defilement. And one keeps on generating these defilements, craving, aversion, raga, dvesha, craving, aversion, constantly, day and night, 24 hours, asleep or awakened, sitting or standing, lying or walking, eating or drinking, in every position, in every posture, there are sensations in the body, pleasant, unpleasant, due to various reasons, pleasant, unpleasant, and at the depth of the mind, one keeps on reacting, craving, aversion, craving, aversion, and one keeps on generating misery for oneself. At the surface of the mind, one tries to keep the mind pure, good, at least that much purity one attains, but the habit pattern is the depth of the mind. Unless that habit pattern is not changed, one feels miserable, miserable. So, to come to that stage where you are able to feel the sensations and you are able not to react, and that is Vipassana. First, you train your mind. It may take three days. Train your mind not to get concentrated only, but to get very sensitive, very sharp, so that you can feel various types of sensations in the body. And then you start observing the sensations throughout the body. And also train the mind not to react to these sensations. The old habit pattern was react to the sensation, pleasant sensation, craving, unpleasant sensation, aversion. That is the old habit pattern, constantly becoming stronger and stronger and stronger. Now you find a way to break that habit pattern. You may not be able to break it totally, but when you start, at least a beginning is made. You feel a sensation. Oh no, I don't react. I don't generate craving or aversion. Why? That also becomes very clear. Whatever sensation you experience, no sensation is eternal. Every sensation has the same nature, same characteristic, and the characteristic is arising, passing away, arising, passing away. 
when you come across very solidified, intense, gross sensation, that also arises, seems to stay for some time, but ultimately passes away. Sooner or later passes away. It arises to pass away. It arises to pass away. And when you come, out, come across very subtle vibration, same characteristic, arising, passing, arising, passing, with great rapidity, with high velocity, the characteristic is the same. You come across anything in the world and you give valuation, good or bad, and you feel sensations, gross or subtle, unpleasant or pleasant, you understand this is all ephemeral, arising, passing, arising. It's not eternal. There's no sense, no sense to react towards something which is so ephemeral, which is constantly changing, whether pleasant or unpleasant. The mind starts changing the habit pattern. And one also understands that every time I react, I become miserable. Every time I react, I become miserable. And I'm strengthening this habit pattern of making misery for myself. Nobody wants to become miserable. And out of ignorance, without knowing what is happening at the depth of the mind, one keeps on generating nothing but misery, misery, misery for oneself. This habit pattern starts changing. And this habit pattern, not in ten days that one becomes very perfect and no more craving, no more aversion, a beginning is made. Now you know a art, a technique, how to feel the sensations as they are and how not to react understanding that it is ephemeral, changing, changing, changing. More and more you practice, this habit pattern becomes weaker, weaker, weaker. You are coming out of your misery. Then in the daily life, because you practiced the truth at the deepest level of your mind, in daily life it starts manifesting itself. Something very undesirable has happened or something desirable has not happened and you feel you are miserable. It will become very clear. You are not miserable because of the incident outside or a person outside or a situation outside. You have become miserable because that particular situation or person or incident coming in contact with you have generated unpleasant sensation. You are reacting to this unpleasant sensation. At the apparent level it looks, yes, I am reacting to the outside object. This is apparent truth. Actual truth is that I am reacting to these vibrations. And when you start feeling these vibrations and train your mind not to react, you are coming out of your misery, coming out of misery. So natural. No blind faith is involved. No blind belief is involved. One has to experience. But out of ignorance, I put my hand on the fire, burning fire. It burns. I don't like it. Next time again, I make this mistake. It burns. I don't like it. Two times, three times, I make this mistake. I start realizing this is fire. It burns. This is fire. Never touch it. Never touch it. Similarly, you start feeling. Whenever negativity arises, oh, it burns. Look, I'm burning. Once, twice, ten times, or say hundred times as you personal meditator, you start coming out of it. Nobody wants to harm oneself, but out of ignorance, without knowing what is happening deep inside, one keeps on generating one defilement or the other, and every defilement results in misery, misery, misery. The habit pattern has to be changed at the root level. This enlightened person said, say in your compound, there's a huge tree, poisonous tree, very dangerous. You cut it off, good, you cut it off. But the roots are still there. 
another tree will sprout more trees will sprout you are not out of it cut the root and then you are free from this poison so also go to the root of the mind where these impurities get generated and where they get multiplied and where they get stored and time and again they come up as volcanic eruption get rid of that work at the root that means work at the sensation level and this is what vipassana teaches people start changing the whole habit pattern starts changing which does not change just by sermons by telling people oh look you don't react with craving you don't react with aversion it is so harmful to you and harmful to others yes yes i understand it is harmful but still the same person makes no difference but when you change the habit pattern at the root level you are certainly a changed person and you start helping yourself and you start helping others when you generate negativity you are miserable and you make the entire atmosphere miserable so also when the mind becomes purer and purer a pure mind by nature is full of love compassion goodwill the entire atmosphere around you is full of positive feelings goodwill peace harmony anybody comes in contact with you feels peace and harmony this is the proper way of life and for everybody it is not that those who call themselves follower of buddha buddha was not interested in in making people buddhist he never used that word buddhism or buddhist understand all is teaching in 15000 pages and the commentaries and sub commentaries another 35000 pages all are put in cd rom now and the research is made the word buddhism is missing the word buddhist is missing he never taught buddhism he never tried to make anybody a buddhist he taught dhamma dhamma means law of nature the truth how this this will bring this result as the seed is so the fruit will be if you generate impurity you are the first victim and you become miserable if you come out of this habit of generating impurity you are free from misery this is law of nature this is truth and this is what he taught and those who followed this law we are called dhammist they are following the law of the of the nature they may call themselves by any name that is why even today in vipassana courses people from every religion are coming there is no religion in the world whose followers are not attending 10 day vipassana courses people of every religion their leaders are coming now up till now more than 2000 christian priests and nuns have participated in 10 day courses one of them is a teacher two of them are teacher teaching vipassana still we still are they are christians six large number of them two of them are teachers teaching vipassana muslims two of them are teachers teaching vipassana hindus buddhist this jews there is no difference a human being is human being black or white or yellow or brown makes no difference human being is human being male or female makes no difference human being is human being a indian or pakistani makes no difference a jewish or or palestinian makes no difference a human being generating impurity he becomes so miserable is harming oneself and harming others one starts realizing nobody wants to harm oneself by this technique one starts realizing i should not harm anybody because anybody i harm first i have to harm myself i can't harm anybody without first harming myself this is the moral moral way of life whenever you kill you disturb the peace and harmony of others 
you steal something not belonging to you, you disturb the peace and harmony of others. You commit sexual misconduct, rape or adultery, you harm other people. You speak lies to deceive others, you harm others. You speak harsh words, you harm others. But by this technique it becomes so, so clear that before harming others, I start harming myself. I can't kill anybody without generating enormous anger, hatred, ill will, animosity. And I feel I am becoming so miserable. Look, before I kill somebody, I have killed my own peace and harmony. I steal something, greed arises. And one notices, I have lost the peace of my mind. I lost the harmony of my mind. I lost the balance of my mind. I have become a miserable person. One generates passion, lust, loses the peace of the mind, harmony of the mind. One cannot harm anybody by any unwholesome vocal or physical action without first harming oneself. This is law of nature. This was called dharma, dhamma, law of nature. And nobody wants to harm oneself. Out of ignorance one is doing all that and one starts realizing, realizing the life automatically becomes a moral life. One lives a moral life. One feels, doesn't want to harm anybody because one understands, I can't harm anybody without first harming myself. One starts changing, changing. Terrorist, 26 centuries back, how they changed. And today also, those who are in prison, they learn technique and they are coming out, coming out of their own misery. At the time of Buddha, there was one terrorist who had killed 999 human beings. Not by these explosives, where you kill thousands of people. But each people, by his sword, killing them. He was living in a jungle. Anybody passing, he will kill. What a cruel action. And yet, came in contact with the technique. Changed. He became a saintly person. Such a saintly person. The rest of the life, he kept on teaching people, I was a mad person. I was harming myself. I was harming others. And this wonderful path took me out of misery. I am now helping others. He started teaching this technique. So many others who were paid terrorists, paid murderers, how they changed. And today also in many prisons, very hard criminals, when they learn this technique, within 10 days, one, one 10 day course, two 10 day course, three 10 day course, a big change starts coming. I say not only the prisoners, those who are outside the wall of a prison are also prisoners. Everyone is a prisoner prisoner of one's own unwholesome habit pattern deep inside. And one keeps on living the life of misery. One has to come out of this prison. And here is a technique to come out of the prison. Change the habit pattern, not just on the surface of the mind, at the depth of the mind. Depth of the mind. All of you who have spared one hour or one and a half hour just to understand what Vipassana is, I am sure you will also find time to spare 10 days of your life to learn this technique and apply it in life and start living a better life, more peaceful, more harmonious, good for you and good for others. May all of you enjoy real peace, real harmony, real happiness, real happiness. When I become miserable, I will come to Vipassana. But right now, I am so happy and don't feel, and I don't need it.
Congratulations, you are happy. But don't you want to become happier? And don't you want to become happiest? Come to Vipassana, happy person becomes happier and happiest. And this happy that you say, the happy is not eternal. It may change any time. So learn something which will keep you happy all the time. Vipassana focuses on each individual. How will it increase family bonding? A meditator will ignore his family. Oh no, then one is not a good Vipassana meditator. How can one ignore the family? With the purity of the mind, there is love, there is compassion, there is goodwill. And the first sign of your generating pure love, pure goodwill is with your family members. If you can't have love and compassion for your family members, how can you love and compassion for the world outside? This is not truth. So Dhamma teaches you to live a good, harmonious, ideal family life. And this technique will help you. You won't run away from your responsibility as a householder. And look, I give you a good example. I always travel, I always give Dhamma, giving the good example, and I carry this great testimonial with me that I am a married person, I am a family person. Family people can also live in, the, in Dharma very peacefully. Why are you spending so much time in Canada? <laughs> Canada is a wonderful country, a good country, a great country. And people here are intelligent. I am sure they will understand the truth and something which is so scientific, no blind faith involved, no blind belief involved. You experience yourself and accept, accept the truth as you experience yourself. So this great country, there is potentiality of understanding this technique and accepting this technique. And such great countries, if they accept it, then the whole world will accept it. It will be so good for the whole world. It is spreading now. But I find that this country also must accept this technique and will accept this technique for the good of not only their own citizens, but for the good of the world as a whole. What is the dharma of Indians who have come to Canada? As I said, it's a great country. When I hear about this great country, so magnanimous, so large-hearted, they are accepting people from different parts of the world so willingly. So those Indians who have come from their country and settled here, you must be grateful to the people of this country. You must be grateful to this great country. And it becomes your duty. Never do anything which will harm this country, which will harm the residents of this country. Nothing such thing should be done. Give a good example to these people that you are from a dharma country and you have to live in dharma, you are living in dharma without harming anybody. And those who have come from India and are settled here, whether they have got the nationality of this country or they are foreigners but they have got residence here, they are ambassadors of their motherland. Every Indian who is here is ambassador of India. They must do everything to bring these great countries together. Do nothing 
which will divide these two countries, unite these two countries, and that will be your good service to this country. If life is full of misery, do you advocate suicide? Suicide is bigger misery. How do you suicide? You suicide full of depression and you are more miserable. Suicide is no solution. It teaches you how to come out of misery and live a happy life, harmonious life. Good for you and good for so many others. The technique is not to, to suicide. Are you an enlightened master? If I say yes, will you believe? <laughs> and if I say no, then you will run away. If he is not enlightened, how can he teach us? So he teaches and never talks anything about himself. His life will say, and I can only say that from the time I learned Vipassana, before that and after that, what a big change has come in my life. And this change can be attained by one and all. Work and get this change and happiness in your life. The Buddha spoke of mindfulness and awareness. What is the difference? No difference, same thing. You call it mindfulness, you call awareness. The reality, be with the reality. No imagination is involved. Just the reality pertaining to mind and matter and keep on observing it, this is awareness. This is mindfulness. How does one settle karma? You start stopping unwholesome karmas. You keep on generating unwholesome karma, unwholesome deeds. The result is bound to be unwholesome for you. The seed that you sow, the fruit will be according to that seed. So at least stop sowing unwholesome seed. And then the law of nature is such. If you stop generating new impurities, the old will start coming up on the surface and you are equanimous, they pass away. They come on the surface, they pass away. This is how you get rid of your old karmas also. But first important thing is stop generating new bad karmas. Just observe, just observe and you are coming out of your misery. Can you learn Vipassana? without attending the 10-day course. This is bargaining. And I come from a business family, half of my life spent in business. And I also started bargaining with my teacher. Sir, 10 days, so difficult for me. How can I spare 10 days? I am such a busy person. But understand, I am very intelligent also. Give me your technique. And I'll practice at home. I can't spare 10 days. And he just laughed. Not possible. All right, one day I stay with you one day and you explain how to work. I'll work at home. Not possible. It is the continuity of practice. When you join a camp from morning 4, 4.30 to night, 9, 9.30, only some intervals for your breakfast, for your lunch, etc. or some rest. Otherwise, continuity, continuity. Continuity of practice, the secret of success, so far as this technique is concerned, to make the mind very sharp, very sensitive. Three days continuous work. And then to make the mind so subtle to feel all kinds of sensation, a few more days. And then to train the mind not to react, few more days. Ten days is minimum. Don't hesitate. Give ten days of your life. Don't bargain. It is in your interest. 
you give ten days and get the best fruits. Every time I have to make a decision, I get lost and become anxious. I never know how to make a right choice. Come to Vipassana. <laughs> this is what will help you. Your mind full of confusion. All the time hesitating. This is good. That is good. This is bad or that is bad. Mind is so wavering mind. By this technique you will find the mind has become very steady, stable and goes to the depth. Any problem that has come, you reach the depth of the problem, you get a solution, always a right solution and good solution. Why don't you charge for these ten-day courses? Can you give? Can you give any money for that? It is so invaluable. Dharma is so invaluable. Nobody can pay for it. So it is free. Not only the teaching is free, but these are all residential courses. People have to live there. So all boarding, lodging, everything is free. Then only there is a purity of dharma. The moment one starts charging money for that, come, come, I will teach you this technique. For three days I will charge so many dollars. Seven days, so many dollars. If you come for ten days, so many dollars, then it becomes a commercial commodity. Dharma should never be made a commercial commodity, otherwise it will lose its purity. People, let them come and learn. And when they get benefit from it, at the end of the course, not all, but some of them who are comfortable, they make donation without anybody asking anything. They give donation, not for whatever they have learned. Donation, having compassion for other people. As I was miserable, so many others are miserable. If they get this wonderful technique, certainly they will come out of their misery. So having compassion for others, one gives donation. And like this, courses after courses, centers after centers are built without charging anything. And the moment we start charging another difficulty, very poor people. In India, many of the courses, large number of poorest of the poor come to the course because they get so much benefit by it. People, very poor, they get so less wages and yet out of that, maximum goes away in alcohol, in gambling, taking these courses. One ten-day course or two ten-day course, out of alcohol, out of gambling. They can't gamble now. They can't take alcohol. It becomes impossible for them. So, whatever money, whatever ways they get, goes all for the livelihood of their family. And the family members are all very happy. And because the mind is now very calm, quiet, their capacity to work increases, they get promotion in their wages. So it is good. If we start charging, how these poor people will come? How will they get dharma? Dharma is for all, not only for rich people. That is why from the tradition, from the time of Buddha, no charges for the teaching of dharma. Please explain gross, subtle, and body and soul. Mere explanation in words won't help. I say experience yourself. If I say something, you will try to understand at the intellectual level. And intellect has its own limitation. Experience has no limitation. You experience and everything will become so clear to you. So clear to you. And you will start understanding the law of nature. Look, whether there is a gross sensation or subtle sensation, when I react to this sensation, I become miserable. I become miserable. That will become clearer and clearer. So whatever philosophical belief you have got, don't condemn them. 
but for the time being just accept the reality that you are experiencing and everything else will become clearer and clearer. What is the daily practice after one completes a 10-day course? Certainly, you have to practice every day, like you learn a physical exercise somewhere, yoga, asana or pranayam somewhere, or any other physical exercise, even jogging, walking, then you have to practice every day. Otherwise, how can you keep your body healthy and strong? So this is a mental exercise. You learn for 10 days how to practice it, then morning and evening you practice it, and then whole day, you see, you are applying it in life. Merely practicing morning and evening will become a right or a ritual. That won't help. How you are applying in life, before coming to be Pashana, how you are reacting to situations, and now similar situation, how you are facing it with equanimity, or how much equanimity, you keep on judging yourself whether you are really practicing Vipassana properly or not. During your practice, do you still see a doctor? Do you get sick? Well, if somebody is really sick, then of course we call a doctor. We are not against the doctors. We don't want all the business of doctors to stop. This is not our job. But not necessary. Very rarely it happens. Any sickness, and especially if there is a psychosomatic sickness, automatically it goes away. When the mind becomes healthier and healthier, this kind of sickness cannot remain. But if it is pure physical sickness, physical ailment, say a cancer is there, one learns how to observe that without crying, without becoming very miserable, just accept the fact there's pain, there's pain. There are cases of very severe cancer, terminal stage of cancer, so painful, indescribable in words. And I, we have received information from the relatives about 20 such cases, very severe pain of cancer, and they don't take any sedative, they just observe, they just observe, and pass away smilingly. This is an art of dying, and you learn art of dying only when you learn art of living. If you can live peacefully and harmoniously, and with equanimity, you can die also smilingly, smilingly. So, even if any pain is there, in the technique, the teacher will say, not necessary to call a doctor. But when there is something serious and a doctor is needed, then yes, doctor will be called. Can children learn Vipassana? Can they attend a 10-day course? Oh, no. Children cannot understand the depth of this technique. So there are children courses being given for three days, only learning the respiration, awareness of respiration, and that gives wonderful result to the children. Their memory becomes very sharp. Their capacity to understand the subject that is being taught becomes clearer and clearer. And of course, character building starts from that age. And the whole life, they live so peacefully, so harmoniously. I suggest always that the Vipassana should be given to the children before birth. When they are in mother's womb, that is the proper time to give them Vipassana. A pregnant mother, when she comes to attend a course, she does not come only for herself. She is coming for the coming child also. And the wonderful vibration of purity, wonderful vibration of free from craving aversion, wonderful vibration of love and compassion, that is the best nutrition the, the child gets. And many pregnant mothers come to the course understanding very well the technique. They say, I want a Dhamma baby. I want a Dhamma baby. And they get Dhamma baby. 
and the child is so peaceful whole life and remains so peaceful what happens to your peace when someone in your life is always angry this is the problem of this person he is angry why take his problem on your head you don't be angry let him be angry you keep your balance and send metta love compassion for this person if he starts harming you or harming others and you say i don't mind i am a person by nature that anybody come and cut me like vegetable i don't care no this is not dharma then you have to stop this person taking all the strong action physical vocal but first you have to examine within yourself there is no anger there is no hatred your compassion a miserable person ignorant person doesn't know what he is doing he is harming himself and harming others but you have to take strong action because this person does not understand soft language you have to take strong action nothing wrong in that but first a few seconds first a good vipassana meditator will examine what sensations i have now and my mind is equanimous and then it is full of love and compassion and you take strong action nothing wrong would you speak a bit more on addiction smoking alcohol food etc as i said that the reaction is not to the outside object the reaction is to the sensation when somebody comes to the course and tells i am a alcoholic i have tried so many ways but i can't come out of it please help me i understand people got out of their alcohol addiction i want to come out of it please help i tell him you are not addicted to alcohol or people come say i am addicted to drug i am addicted to smoking i am addicted to food totally wrong at the apparent level yes it looks you are addicted to alcohol not addicted to alcohol when you take alcohol there is a sensation in the body which deep in your mind you feel very pleasant and you like it again you start craving for that sensation and you take alcohol you start craving for that sensation you take alcohol and by this technique you observe sensation observe sensation addiction towards the sensation goes away addiction towards the alcohol goes away same thing about smoking in one 10 day course people have come out of smoking in one or two 10 day courses people have come out of alcohol in three four or sometimes five 10 day courses one has come out from drugs deep drug addiction addiction is really with the sensation if one learns how to observe the sensation equanimously addiction automatically goes away are you going to open a center in this state of alberta who am i to open a center the students open centers when there are more and more students and they feel compassion for so many people i got so much benefit by this technique may more and more people get this benefit then centers are opened by them i will just give guidance if necessary i will send some teachers to give courses but ultimately the local people they have to do sometimes people find it very difficult to travel about 1000 miles away to join a camp of 10 days if you have your center here nothing like that but before that there must be more and more number of vipassana meditators so let that number increase now so many people have come to the this talk many of them will get inspired they will take courses and a center will certainly come in this important part of the city we live in 
interconnected world where our actions affect others and others' actions affect us, how do you influence those living in many parts of the world who believe that they will go to heaven by killing others? If somebody is having that wrong belief, by Vipassana, that wrong belief will go away. The difficulty is that every religion, every religion worth the name, has the same essence of the teaching. Same essence, and the essence of every religion is live a moral life with a disciplined mind, with a pure mind, full of love, compassion, goodwill, tolerance. This is the teaching of every religion worth the name, every religion. But then every religion also has an outer shell. And the outer shell differs from one to the other. And the outer shell is this rite, this ritual, this celebration, this ceremony, this philosophical belief, that philosophical belief, that differs. Let people be happy with this outer shell, but don't forget the inner essence. If this inner essence is forgotten, then only it happens. Right? Kill others so that they follow my, my right, my ritual, my belief, etc. If importance is given to this inner essence, then all these wrong things out of ignorance will totally go away. So Vipassana helps because Vipassana teaches only the inner essence, takes no care, gives no importance to the outer shell. Good. There's few questions and then I am liberated. Okay. Be happy. If your back hurts when you sit to meditate, is it okay to lie on your back? Well, the teacher of the course will tell you, as I said, it is not necessary that you must sit in this position or that position. If really there is a problem, then you can't sit on the floor, all right, sit on the chair. If that doesn't work, then of course, you will be allowed to, to give some rest to the body. But you train yourself to sit with the, with the back and the neck straight, but not force. It is not a physical exercise, it's a mental exercise. In every situation, in every position, you train your mind to remain equanimous, to remain equanimous. What is the difference between dharma and dhamma? What difference? What is the difference between water and pani? These are two languages, two words of two languages, same meaning. So dhamma is in Pali language, dharma is in Sanskrit or Hindi language. What makes the difference? Don't go after these words, this word or that word. Understand the meaning and apply it in life. If you apply dhamma in life, it's perfectly all right. If you apply dharma in life, perfectly all right. But apply in life, that is more important. Please tell us your, about your experience of aging. Well, aging is a natural law. One keeps on aging. The body keeps on getting deteriorated and decaying and decaying. So what? The mind is not decaying. Mind remains alert all the time, very healthy all the time. Don't allow your mind to get decayed. Don't allow your mind to become sick. Let the body become sick. As the time passes, you can live with this age without any difficulty, always smiling, always happy, helping yourself and helping others. So don't get worried about age. Keep on living a good life of Vipassana and keep yourself happy. May all of you enjoy real happiness.
real peace, real harmony.